White Hot Magazine, one of the world's leading platforms and institutions for contemporary art. Visit us online at whitehotmagazine.com and follow us on social media. Today's interview. Today I have the talented and amazing Noah Becker. Hi Noah, how's it going? Going good. Good to hear, good to hear. Um, we are talking today all things NFT related. Um, we spoke to uh, Noah via Twitter and um, Noah was kind enough to uh, reach out to me as well about um, how he, his experience has been towards his journey. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Um, and how, how has everything been going on with you so far? When did you first start with NFTs? Well, um, my spaceship crash landed in the Hamptons in uh, Long Island. And uh, I came out of the pod and the first thing I had to do was find some clothing and food. Um, no, actually, it's been a it's been a few months. It's been um, it's been since uh, I think March. It hasn't been very long, but a lot. But I've also been involved in the art world for like met, over 16, 20, 30 years or whatever it is. So. Wow. I didn't find I didn't find that the NFT world was that separate from the art world. Yeah, how do you find that experience? Like, how can you differentiate it? It was like, oh, you got to check out this new scene, blah blah blah, and then it was like, oh, I know you. But then I have some interesting people like yourself that kind of come into the conversation. How long have you been in, involved in this? three months so around the start of may i first started um and it's felt a lot longer definitely a lot longer since i first started i'd say it feels more like towards a year a year and a half something like that right and why are you still involved with the nft world i'll always be involved with nfts when i first started i felt like I had always been waiting for this opportunity. I had um, that kind of a vibe towards the NFT world, as in how I had not found out about this before. Why didn't I like find, why am I living in the United States, for instance, because in Ireland it's just unheard of, that I feel like I'm already behind in that sense because of the country that I live in, it's not popular. And um, so, yeah, my, my kind of job, I feel like it's my role right now to onboard new Irish artists to this world because they still don't see where this opportunity is and there's, there's a hell of a lot of opportunities. So before you were involved in the NFT world, you were just um, like paintings? So I started at the very beginning of COVID painting. So I wasn't a full-time artist. Um, I literally started as like a mental escape, you know, because I found it quite tough, the lockdown. We've had one of the longest. Um, we call COVID, we call COVID Tom Hanks disease in Tom North America. <laughs> I wasn't sure what you were talking about at first. <laughs> no, I, I heard about him being the very first celebrity, wasn't he? The very first celebrity to kind of. He should known. sell that as an NFT. Yeah, I like you thinking. I like you thinking. Everything now. This positive COVID test could be like the first COVID test. <laughs> yeah. First COVID positive. Yeah. Anyways, I'm glad COVID is over now. Um, so, um, what else have you been up to? You're a painter, right? Yeah, right now. So, I am an acrylic pop artist painter. Um, so I would use like very traditional, of course, like I think about 80% of NFT artists right now are digital artists. So in that way, I would have, um, I suppose, like a small niche in terms of like collectors. I would have the same collectors um, be looking at my work and same collectors, you know, that would buy like more than one. So in that way, I right. it's good because it's a closer relationship as well which I do. I just wanted to say something to, to the two people listening to this, um, that um, we decided to kind of do a shared podcast. She, uh, she does a, a YouTube channel and, but do you also do a podcast? 
Just YouTube. Just a YouTube channel. So I'm showing up on video in a rare appearance on video as opposed to just being, because I'm not really an anonymous um, person. Um, and we're going to use this video and the audio from, from my podcast. So if you think I'm interviewing her, she's kind of interviewing me. We're just kind of having a back and forth. I'm actually more interested in her than I am interested in my own life. <laughs> so let me ask you a few more questions. Because what happened, no, listen, what happened is I sent out a tweet kind of generally asking people who I should talk to on my podcast. And I got this avalanche of people telling me that I should talk to you. <laughs> I have so a tight community, oh. yeah. <laughs> so what is it about you that's, that's like, what is the most exciting thing about you over the last number of months in the NFT scene? I would say, um, because I'm definitely the first female Irish NFT artist, um, I've had a lot of media coverage, let's say, over the past three months. I've had um, the Irish Independent contact me, the Evening Herald, which is actually the same company here in Ireland. Um, but two newspapers, um, from a collector's perspective, they were interested to interview me. Um, and I recently, you know, only joined the NFT world to become an artist and then quickly realized I want to become both. Um, so I fully understand as well how difficult it is for new NFT artists to sell the very first NFT. So I'd say like the most special thing right now that's ha happened to me even in this space was that I created a DAO movement. Do you know what a DAO is? Yes, I've heard of it, yeah. So we created- Explain more. <laughs> I like I like I like uh, that you're interested. <laughs> no, no, go, go ahead. Tell let so, the people listening know what you're talking about. We created a DAO movement. Um, it's called DAO the Fifty, and what it does it combines fifty artists that haven't sold the very first NFT, and this is just on Ethereum blockchain, so the most most popular blockchain for NFTs. And the reason why we wanted to create this movement is because for those that don't have a large social media following, um, and also for those that maybe aren't so good with networking um, or marketing, because you are a jack of all trades or you know a Jane of all trades. So we understand that if you're a full-time artist, especially sometimes you want to just be involved in creating your art not necessarily having to sell the art as well so we really help those and even those that maybe can't afford and um, there's a lot of countries in the world that crypto was actually banned in their country so um, we do try and help any in any way we can um, so so far we've had two exhibitions or so, sorry so far we've had one exhibition and our second is right. going to be launched the first of august so already there's over 100 people in our DAO, which is brilliant. We only started um, the 26th of June. So, so far it's been going amazing and we've sold all of the artworks. So the first 50 have already been sold um, from the on cyber exhibition. So, and how we're doing wow. that is we're retweeting their work, sharing their work, really getting them out into the limelight because, you know, if all the voices connect together, you know, you're much stronger together. So that's our kind of model um and yeah we we really just understand how like even for me it was quite difficult to sell my first nft um now that i'm able to build community and really get into like a one-on-one -on -one discussion with each person like i'm doing with you you do really like um network that little bit easier like it's so important to network and if you're an introvert which a lot of people can be as artists um, they find it quite difficult. So we're just that voice really for them. And yeah, we're really excited on August the 1st is going to be our next virtual exhibition. So that's called um, Genesis Reloaded. And we own a temple with on cyber. So what we do is we just reuse the same temple. So it doesn't go to waste. You know, we're using it to the full advantage that we can once every month. We have 50 new artists. And yeah, it's going brilliant because if there is any artists that don't get collectors at the end of the month we will buy their work as well 
So um, it's a great initiative and it's mm. really successful so far. What kind of um, price is, it, is the work going for? Um, so the first exhibition that we had, we had a rule that everyone was to sell for the exact same price just to get the movement up and running. And especially because it kind of can create, um, you know, that uh, waterfall effect for their other works. If they sell, if they get eyes and sell their first work, it's much easier then to sell your next piece and so on. So the very first work we wanted everyone to have really the lowest, it was 0.1 eat. So if you equate that to dollars, it's probably $240, roughly about that. So we wanted everyone to have the exact amount, but we did understand everyone values themselves differently. You know, other people had like one Ethereum and that. So there was a few people that did drop out because they felt that they value themselves. And we understand that. So for August the 1st, we have scrapped that rule and everyone can have to their own liking because everyone has different experiences everyone um you know we're, we're not to say what you're worth as well so we kind of we, we took that into account and we're changing them rules now as well right hmm. interesting yeah i mean i i do a lot of stuff in uh in the you know the 20th century existing art world art world mm -hmm that is just starting to kind of integrate a little bit with the NFT world a bit. But I'm also one of the only like art magazines that's really supporting that. I, um, one of the first art magazines to actually really support that the NFT community. Um, I've noticed that um, uh, it's not an art magazine, but Fortune just did a 50, a list of 50. Were you on that? Was I? I didn't even click on the list because I oh. really. Um, no, I mean, are you one of the people on the list? Oh, I doubt it. I doubt it. I'm uh. too new into this. <laughs> are you on the list? Uh, I'm not on the list. Were you disappointed? Uh, well, first off, I didn't know the list was happening. I didn't expect to be on the list. <laughs> There's a lot of interesting people that obviously can't fit on a list of 50. Um, but also just because I published an art magazine, I was talking to somebody about the idea of, they call them listicles when they publish that kind of thing. And, and there's lots of listicles. There's also the power 100 in the art world of like the most 100 powerful people in the art world and everybody it, you know, it's very controversial because certain people don't end up on the list and, you know, everybody's an expert as to who should be on these lists. And, and it's, um, it's one of the laws of propaganda called um, authority. <laughs> yeah. So if I said to you, um, I really like your glasses, but, you know, I'm a world renowned authority on glasses. Then all of a sudden you would be like, oh, I should pick his brain about glasses because it sounds like he, you know. So when you say who the best is or who the most exciting is in a in a listicle form, it's like you're exercising the seventh law of propaganda. There's other laws that there's about eight or nine laws of propaganda, but in publishing, that's a very powerful one because it's really um, good on one hand because the people that are on the list get the attention they deserve and usually it's good people on the lists but then you can't fit everyone on the list so it's kind of like the people that are annoyed that they're not on the list sort of fuel the excitement you know it's not excite if people are not left out it's not exciting if everybody's included it's not you know it's just like oh okay we're on a list it's not like but why didn't you put xyz on the list how can you put a list together without you know yeah, I think the should have excluded celebrities. I'm. I heard Paris Hilton was on the list. Now I didn't click onto it because, to me, it doesn't make a difference. It makes a difference to who I connect with and who helps me and who I can help with in the NFT community. Right. We work together. Um. Whereas this is a very competition based. It reminds me of the real art world. 
And to me, like I've been rejected from physical galleries in Dublin. Mm. It's actually extremely difficult to get in because there's not that many. From the top of my head, I can think of like three, you know, that's all. So it's, you know, if you don't know everyone, you're just not going to get accepted. Right. And that's why I really like NFTs because it is like everyone is accepted. Like if you look at it from like nifty gateway and they reject you, that's different. But, you know, you can get onto a different marketplace and you can still sell your work. You can still find collectors. It's a very accepted community versus the real world. Right. Right. That's true. Um, I was happy to see a lot of the people on the list have been, um, guests on my podcast wow that's brilliant like i saw a lot of a lot of friends of mine were on were kind of on there and also had been guests on my podcast so that's but you know fortune fortune magazine is is a big corporate magazine that talks about uh wall street and different you know similar to forbes magazine that sort of thing um so that's a whole other discussion as to whether we actually need corporate seal of approval or not but i think every little every little bit of mainstream corporate media coming into the nft space is going to help i would just hope that it doesn't get overwhelmed by celebrities being instant influencers just because they're already known um but i think there's enough uh connoisseurship and uh specificity in the community that it's not there's some aspect of the nft community that that mainstream media is just not going to be able to kind of own so to speak i think that's exciting about it as well um not that the people on the uh, the the fortune 50 list are necessarily owned by the media but i'm i'm just saying like um Moving forward, seeing as many of the people have been here for only a handful of months, perhaps it's too early. Uh, perhaps it's too early to tell. But then, at, at the at the same point, it's like I I'm not as interested in Paris Hilton, Mike Tyson, and celebrity NFT culture as much. But I'm not just kind of shutting that out of my consciousness either at the same time so Mm -hmm. I think it'll be interesting yeah I think if they went into it in a different perspective maybe if they were to create a second list that would be a little bit fairer they could do one as in what who has made the most ethereum and the second one could be who they find would be the most influential, just to kind of right. be more accepted, I suppose, because I did see a lot of controversy on Twitter about that list. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe- I mean, Jay-Z is on their list. He was, Jay-Z is on their list. He was, he entered the art world when he did a performance with Marina Abramovic. And he's been very welcome in the art world at different points. I mean, you could take almost any celebrity you want from like, you know, doesn't matter. And just pick a celebrity and people are gonna be interested in what they're doing. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And one one main, um, one, one big example that I'd like to talk about as well, just relates to this is Gary V. I found out about NFTs through Gary V and uh, Mark Cuban and they had a, an interview together and basically Gary V is selling you know like he's selling basically like stick men and he's selling like his own drawings and fair play to him because he couldn't like mm. he could easily afford to pay an artist to create this work and he could say it's his which a lot of celebrities are doing Paris Hilton is doing it you know and she was on that list there's a lot of celebrities paying these amazing 3D artists and illustrators Whereas he's going a different route and he's saying, no, everyone's going to know they're mine because they're rubbish. But he's also admitting that they're art, they're art because they're coming from him. And I do love that because like, he, he believes it's amazing and he's getting a lot of negativity because if he wasn't famous, he wouldn't have been able to sell them, which is true. Right. But at least he's being authentic. And that's what I do really like about right. him. He is so authentic. Okay. 
Well, remind me who Gary Vee is. I know who Mark Cuban is. Who's so, Gary Vee again? You've never heard of Gary Vee. I, I don't think so. Who is that? V Friends. Have you heard of V Friends Discord? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have heard of that. Yeah. So yeah, the yeah. V Friends is from Gary Vee. I can't believe you've never heard of him. No. Well, I, I might have, but I've been focusing on other things. Um, <laughs> so didn't Mark Cuban buy something of yours? Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So the NFT official page, which is owned by Mark Cuban and Leverage Company, recently Leverage Company, um, they were doing, they posted a tweet and they were um, buying one tweet a day for, so for seven days. And the first day they bought my, um, my elephant painting. So I was absolutely chuffed because it was my Genesis piece on OpenSea. It was my very first time using OpenSea because I transferred my work from foundation, from FND to OpenSea, just because it was less commissions. And I felt like it was more opportunity, like more easier to sell my work. And it definitely did. I sold it within, um, I think it was two, you know, maybe three or four days, which is really, you know, it's good for me. I usually wouldn't sell out that day, but I was delighted with it being the same week. and. Um, what it was in a collection from a social media NFT platform called User Y U S E R, and I've interviewed uh, interviewed the co-founder from that app as well for my YouTube, so that's on there. But um, they helped to market your work, um, and right. it was a really good opportunity. And it just yeah, it, it, it definitely paid off. Where do you, is that? Where you think the Mark Cuban saw your work, or did you send it to him directly? So I would say, <clears throat> excuse me, I would say it's a combination between the Twitter that I posted. I basically shilled my work underneath the NFT official page when they said they're going to buy one uh, NFT a week, uh, one NFT a day for this, just this week. I'd say it was a combination of that. And then I also posted on their Discord. So they, I got a bit of like engagement, a bit of reactions, you know, a few emojis from the Discord and then that. So I'd say they've seen it on both. Um, and then hopefully the user collection stood out to them. And how much did they buy it for? The elephant, it was 0.25 Ethereum. So it was the highest that I've sold, um, the highest NFT that I've sold so far. So my marketing strategy, like I'm definitely trialing everything right now i'm unsure like how to price my work versus the real world so i would say like starting off i definitely undervalued um so it can be that little bit difficult if you start off with the wrong pricing strategy it's difficult to kind of regain that and build it back up so that's where i'm at at the moment mm. i guess the most i've sold one for is 10 ethereum wow and was that on fnd foundation yeah yeah wow cool that's okay. where i'm located is on foundation in case mark cuban is listening <laughs> and tell us about that hey, no, never know. You're, he's a big fan of yours um well that was a magazine that was a virtual magazine cover so that was a white hot magazine cover uh collaboration with uh, an artist by the name of ralton fighter and then also I've been minting my paintings because I have a kind of Warholian agenda where I'm an artist and a publisher kind of simultaneously. But um, generally I don't step over the boundaries of, of, the, of publishing about myself too much, but I do combine the NFTs into um, uh, minted paintings that I've made and, and White Hot Magazine covers. So, so we had some of the covers some of the covers are for magazines that don't exist, and some of the covers are for magazines that do exist. Um, so I've been selling those as well, and those been those have been in the like one to two Ethereum range for those. Um, so that's kind of what I've been doing on Foundation. I'm thinking about using OpenSea a little bit, but I haven't haven't really gotten around to it. Yet. You definitely should try with a few different marketplaces because. It's very rare, even uh, Gabe, Gabe Weiss that I interviewed, um, I thought he was strictly on OpenSea and he's on other platforms as well. So it's interesting to see 
like what the um, well-known traditional artists, you know, they like he would be in the top 10, definitely um, top, top 10 in the world, like 100%. He's like making um, like most of his money through the secondary sale market now as well, you know, just reselling so many different times. So um, yeah, he, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, basically, yeah, I would definitely recommend it to be on more than one marketplace because you're just broadening your horizons. It's just helping with your overall marketing. Um, and one question that I have for you is, were you active on Twitter before NFTs? Like, would you have used that a lot for the magazine? Yeah, I had 16,000 Twitter followers before I got involved in NFTs. And that was just mainly like art world stuff. Yeah. And I... I rarely, I would really actually rarely use Twitter. But then once I started use, getting involved in NFT Twitter, it started mixing with the art world Twitter and it turned, turned into something really interesting because I find that people in the NFT community are really enthusiastic about art and artists. So it was just kind of, you know, publishing about art and um, talking about art with people that are interested in art is kind of like a natural thing. Yeah, and have you used um, Clubhouse? Have you used like Twitter Space? Yeah, I use. I don't use Clubhouse very often. Um, I I co-curated uh, a museum show in the metaverse in uh, Crypto Voxels, yeah, and we yeah. built a museum in there. Um, it was a collaboration between Chainsaw NFT, Accelerate Art, and White Hot Magazine, and. Um, you know, a virtual opening, well, an actual opening where um, there was um, a lot of uh, touring going on. So we would tour through the exhibition and all the work on the walls was uh, available as NFTs through Chainsaw. And then, um, yeah, it was like a four-story museum structure that, that we did show at in Crypto Voxels. So that was interesting, but my point was that we didn't use Clubhouse for the opening, we used Twitter spaces or whatever, I guess that's what you call it, it's Twitter spaces. So I've been on Twitter spaces a little bit. I've been trying to build up the Twitter spaces. Um, yesterday, I think was the first time I tried it and a few people tuned in, so. But I didn't have, I got a lot of people listening and, 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 and speaking at a certain point, then I had to go for lunch. So I, I realized I have to kind of set aside and hour at least an hour and a half if i'm going to do it and can you like i know with clubhouse you can add like a like nearly like a moderation you know to take over if you have to go can you do that on twitter spaces i don't know actually and i haven't used it enough i have to i have to find that out yeah i don't even have but, the, the feature on my phone to um to use twitter spaces it's probably because no maybe you have i think you I think you can't you just download the newest version of the app yeah I always have the newest like the latest versions of all apps on my phone I I, I literally think it's just because I'm in Ireland because it's just like not it might be like not um uh, allowed here I can join other Twitter spaces all right I just can't host them right 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 <laughs> and so, how, how would you like how are you finding obviously you have lots of experience with the traditional world of art so with like real life galleries versus these like metaverses what do you prefer um the metaverse was, and crypto voxels was quite good i'm accustomed to doing things like curating shows in physical museums and galleries and you know being in shows and physical museums and galleries and art fairs and that kind of thing. So I'm just accustomed to that. So I'm finding the rest of this very refreshing because it's just, it's sort of an expansion on what's already in place. I don't think the art world knows it's an expansion on what's already in place, but it's turning in, it's quickly turning into an expanded art world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think like if I was to even message say a gallery here in Ireland I wouldn't even get a reply if I asked about NFTs or if I asked about would they be interested in online exhibitions it's just because it's just not there's no hype just yet 
there will be but it might be next year you know it might take that long. i'll tell you how i'll tell you how you can how galleries will reply how you can get a hold of galleries oh tell me if you okay. offer yeah if you offer to work for them for free True. as an intern they'll be like yes come on come in for an appointment come in for an interview no i shouldn't be so nasty towards i bet i actually worked at a lot of galleries and museums and things over the years so um i think you have to be very specific to that social circle and this kind of comes back to what you were talking about about how everybody's welcome in the nft world i think everybody's welcome to a certain extent but then you know some of these platforms have long waiting lists of people trying to get in and and be a member of some of these exclusive platforms where you have to put an application through and you know they're really trying to to make sure that it it's not um full of um uh, trolls or something you know and how do you do you agree with that though like i would assume that the whole point of nfts is that it's decentralized whereas like the likes of like nifty and um what else is there there's a good few different ones that are obviously manually processed and they're judged like what a physical gallery would be like that a lot of people i think don't even apply because they don't agree with that ethos because nfts is meant to be that you're in control so i mean i i have applied i've applied personally myself before nft mm -hmm. but what, what do you think well, I was just going to say, like, at a certain point when it was international news that Beeple sold for $69 million or whatever that was, um, I think it almost, people kind of almost looked at it like playing Powerball or playing the lottery. And there were a lot of people that signed on to make NFTs thinking that it was like some sort of a uh, like win the lottery scheme or something like, like, oh, I'll just upload some dumb meme or something like that. And then if I'm lucky, I'll get millions of dollars for it. So it was like everybody from the family dog to the daughter, to the son, to the mother, to the uncle, everybody was like dinner time. Where is everybody? Oh, just in a room making an NFT. The dog is make the family dog is making an NFT, you know? So I think there had to be a moment where people could kind of differentiate between interesting artists and interesting creators and people that were just there because they heard there was money in it. True. No, that's, that, that, that is like an interesting perspective as well, that no matter how future, like futuristic technology can get and how I suppose like AI works, that there still needs to be humans behind the technology in some way, shape or form. Like there's a lot of even like scams. I've, I know a ton of people whose wallets have been emptied um, because of just a simple message that they click on. So there, there definitely needs to be a humane uh, feature of this world. Um, there can't be just, you know, robots and just blockchains. There definitely needs to be a happy medium of both. Right. So what's what is your next project? Are you you're doing something with your DAO at the moment? We are. We I never thought I would see this day. Okay, you're probably laugh at me, but we have decided. Um, the all of our members of the DAO from the very first DAO, so from last month, the very first fifty, we have decided to do an avatar project. So the avatar project it's called the Lazy Slot. And the lazy slots, as you can tell, it's the animal. Um, so we don't create 10,000 of them. Like the majority of these avatar projects, we create a little bit less than the 10,000. But as you said, like a lottery ticket, that's the way it will work in that everyone will pay the exact same. Um, but in terms of who gets the rare or who gets the legendary, who gets the uncommon or common, it will be basically down to luck. So we have an amazing developer on board and he's on top of it all um, creating, and we have a website um, in the making. So I'm in charge of that. I'm in charge of the UX design. That's that's what I do. I'm a UX designer. Um, well, UX designer and painter, <laughs> but that's what we have in, in the works right now. So we hope What's that- What's a UX designer? 
What is a UX designer? Yeah. Oh, okay. So a UX designer is basically involves the research and front end of website design. So it involves wireframing and prototypes before the development stage. So these sloths, are they going to be 3D animated or flat cartoon kind of avatars or how are they going to look? Not, tr not 3D. So all of our um, all of our assets are created like in, are created individually. So there's not just one lead designer. We're all helping out individually and they're all like 2D assets. Yeah. Nice. Great. Yeah, it's going good so far. And basically how that involves the DAO is that 50% of the profits will be going towards the DAO and then the remainder will be given to um, the team. So they're called what? Lazy Sloth? The Lazy Sloth. Yeah, we have a Discord channel and Twitter page so far. Inspired by me, right? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't um, expecting you to say that. my personality, yeah. <laughs> what suits my personality I, I i actually came up with the idea we do a vote for the dow and um, whenever we, we uh, want to move you know progress a little bit further and i said well i'm i can be lazy i can be slow let's do slots and everyone just went for it right. <laughs> right. sounds good i like the idea <laughs> thank you thank you and what about yourself do you have any new projects down the line i know you're very busy with 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 selling work as well as creating. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I'm I've been minting stuff on Foundation. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, people that are fans of what I do uh, go to my Foundation page and buy some of my drops over there. So that's been going quite well, and um, it's a white hot magazine, Noah Becker Foundation. So. You can search for either or and it'll come up. And um, I've been publishing around 10,000 words a week for the last 16 years. You could call it a magazine or you could just call it having a giant pile of homework on your desk every morning. It's a uh, you know. copywriter by profession. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I do. I've also uh, written for a lot of different magazines and newspapers like the Guardian and Interview and Art in America, um, Huffington Post when it was going. So I've, I've also been published places by people and worked with different editors. So that's good. And then I'm working on a series of six by five foot paintings. Lately, I've been doing a few robot animals. I did a painting of a robot dog and I did a painting of a robot crocodile. Wow. And the robot dog painting was minted and is, um, my foundation. Uh, I may mint crocodile as well, but I kind of like to have a symmetrical order to the listing so that like I, I don't it's not um, so that it looks symmetrical on the screen. I don't don't ask me why. I'd love to see some like progress photographs. That's all I, I want to do as in to mint for my next piece, I would love to have, I know you can like, depending on the marketplace, you can have unlockables. I always use the unlockable features. I think it's just really important to have that surprise factor for a collector. And right. um, right. even I've bought works before without that option. Um, you kind of, you know, you don't get that excitement then when you have something else there and you can see it in a folder and you have it saved as a backup as well. Just for life so yeah that's that's what i'm thinking now something with pro with progress photos even for existing collectors so like they can see what's in the works for the future you know they they already know what you're up to basically before it even launches right interesting <laughs> and I, like what i was doing a lot before nfts was commissions so just by posting, you know, on Instagram, uh, even LinkedIn was really, really like uh, reached out to a lot of uh, reached out to a lot of different um, like new people for me without like any paid social media, just totally organic growth. Um, right. And LinkedIn was actually the best for me. And right. yeah, I did a good few commissions then before and which just it helps you grow your audience. But. I find your NFT audience is never going to be the same as 
as your real life audience. Right. Real life audience, where? If you're selling physical paintings, physical prints. Do you do, you do a lot of that? I didn't ask you. Do you have a history of showing? Because I, I saw your painting. Sorry, and go I ahead. Thought, yeah. oh. No, I saw your paintings and I thought, oh, I, she must have a history of showing physical work somewhere. I haven't done exhibitions. I have never done a physical exhibition because I'm still quite new to painting. So I only started at the very beginning of COVID. Um, but I have a good collection here. And I did sign up for the end of this year but it's still quite strict here in Ireland with COVID. So nothing is, you right. know, for in, in terms of like entertainment and lifestyle, uh. they'll be closed. Um, so like we're hoping that they will be open. I did um, sign up to one that will hopefully, hopefully be in September, the end of September this year. And we'll see, right. but that will be my first. I see. I'm showing in New York in September with paintings at an art fair called Spring Break. Spring Break, oh cool. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Miami, I think something in Miami might happen. I went to Art Basel 10 years in a row in Miami and did a bunch of parties and magazine launches and shows and stuff like that. So um, I'm starting to see some NFT stuff creep into the art world, which is cool. And do you have many um, like people around you living locally or your your friends from like gallery exhibitions are many of them involved in the nft world some yeah in different parts of the world yeah and i brought some people in as well like introduced them to the space and introduced them to the community specifically through that museum show that i did and other projects that i've done where i'm where i might bring a painter or somebody who not only is sort of clueless on how to even get started, but just wouldn't wouldn't enter the space any other way. Yeah. And it, it can be quite daunting um, for those that maybe have never tried to invest before in crypto, have never, like never yeah. knew what a wallet is. They do need that role model there to show them the roots, show them the way. Um, but yeah, like I like your painting in the background. Did you Did you paint that? Yeah, I painted that a while. I painted that a while ago. It's sort of um, an old master copy that's been put in a in a different direction. Um, you can kind of kind of see it. It's a it's a way of using um, gray and red, making a painting out of two colors, just gray, gray and red, and and. Um, I had some, I had this painting in a museum a number of years ago. It's a large um, sort of uh, kind of imaginary landscape. The recent work is, is different, but I might end up minting something like this at a certain point. I'm not sure. So I that's, that. oh, thanks. Yeah, that's a, that's a very old uh, portrait painting. And then this is, uh, kind of based on a Velasquez, an uh, oil paint. UPS. <laughs> yeah, so it's sort of like royalty and the workforce all in one. Wow, and what inspires you to paint these? Like, where do you get your inspiration? Well, I like playing with the idea, I like sort of playing with the idea of, of old, old master um, works. I like um, I like that, but I also like just just sort of playing with different aspects of contemporary art, just kind of being playful with art history, being playful with the history of painting, and also um, it's a way of kind of um, you know getting ideas together, addressing things like pop art, addressing things like impressionism, post-impressionism without being too specific, but just kind of trying to have a feeling that your work is, is a continuation of something as opposed to sort of being a disconnection from everything. But then on a certain level, it's like 
you really have to focus on the quality of your work at a certain point. Once I really started to focus on the quality of my work um, more so, like you can have something that's not that great and you can pump a lot of money and energy into your career and probably have a decent career. But, but for me, I've always, I've always disappeared down the rabbit hole of really trying to make my work as good as it can be. Not that the art world is a meritocracy, but I think the wheels of progress um, roll a little bit easier if your work is, is at a really high level. Yeah. It's, um, it's now, so how you gauge how, how, that's, how that's measured is, is what gets complicated. Hmm. You know. and, like if someone can see your work and straight away like see a new work and straight away identify that that's your work like that's to me that's like the end goal right that's an excellent point you're talking about like somebody style. recognizing your style without yeah well I think it was Keith Herring who said that like um you don't necessarily need to sign your work because the style is a signature I love that and I, to be perfectly honest with you, I did start signing at my work at the start. And recently I've stopped because of that reason. Um, because I would eventually like to be known for, like if there's 20 colors on the painting, okay, it might be Neves because I use endless amount of colors on all of my paintings. I never have like a limited palette. I never have like the, I just, I just wanted to look as fun and as, um cartoonistic really as right. possible um so that a child right. could be really fascinated with it but also like any age right. mm -hmm. what if i told you i was the actor that's paid to play noah becker because noah becker doesn't appear on camera the actor <laughs> um, what if i told you what if i told you that no i'm kidding but i've i've come in contact with some people who are anonymous and they say Maybe I'm an artificial intelligence robot. <laughs> Maybe you're a robot. I think I'd believe that quicker. <laughs> Maybe I am a robot. <laughs> yeah. Like Westworld, you just, you open up my cranium and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, it's great though, to be able to reach out um, to like-minded people in the NFT world like yourself. It's great to be able to network from a completely different, you know, different side of the world as well. And you were on, were you on right. vacation when, are you in Canada now or? Uh, I'm visiting my mom in uh, Canada right now. Aww. And then I have to go to New York next month for a couple of shows. So kind of trying to bounce around. Obviously COVID makes travel a little bit less healing and how's but, life in canada versus like usa how's is well there's not not a lot happens here but then you know everything's become so virtual since the pandemic it's like i'm basically doing doing nearly the same thing that i was doing in brooklyn on a daily basis but just kind of it's all coming through the phone and the laptop right now yeah it's interesting if all of this hadn't happened I wonder would nfts get the popularity that it currently is because like when nfts first began it wasn't for artists it was for uh, really developers you know like selling domains that was like mm -hmm. the first nft that was sold so it's crazy how it's developing now it's developing into fashion and sports celebrities right and musicians you know like right. it's not visual it's not only just visual now it's 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 like i can't wait to see for the future if it if it changes hopefully it does change especially for for here in ireland i hope that it does change to actual like physical objects like houses cars it would be amazing hmm. and mm -hmm. where do you see the future of nfts hmm. yeah i agree it's gonna be exciting <laughs> And what, what do you see for the future of NFTs? Where do you see it going from here? Like you said, it's going to expand into more things like music and um, film and different, different places where 
or it'll be uh, less less uh, focused just on certain things and maybe more expansive, I think. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think we have loads there. How do you feel? I think we actually talked yeah. for an hour. Oh my God. <laughs> oh yeah. Very good. But I, yeah. I mean, I could always talk to you again when it is in the podcast. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah. I would definitely be up for that. Um, but here, when, yeah. When you're not being so professional all the time. <laughs> I'm never professional. I like to be as calm and collected <laughs> and laid back as possible all the time. Right. No, I thought that My was culture. good. We got, in, we got into some good conversations. Yeah, no, definitely. And thanks so much. It was like honestly a pleasure to speak to you and great to hear like how successful you've been in the NFT space and the real world. Right. So it's a great combination of both you have there, Noah. Yeah, thank you. Likewise. Yeah. So I'll talk to you shortly. Yeah. Um, I guess you're, you're going to edit this a little bit. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll send it on to you beforehand. Uh, that's what I usually do, just to get your approval first, make sure you're happy with everything that was said. Okay, send me an MP3. MP3, yeah, exactly, yeah. You wanna export it to the podcast. Do you have that, is it just on Spotify, oh, not Spotify, iTunes, is it? I was looking on iTunes. Is that Mine okay? is, my podcast will be on uh, Apple and Spotify. Perfect. Yeah, two of the best. But you can just email me an MP3. Cool. Will do. I'll send you like a. I don't need the, don't need the visuals. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I'll send you like. <laughs> you do. Well, you will want it. You'll definitely see it on YouTube anyway. <laughs> I would like to see the visuals on your YouTube channel, though. Yeah, no, 100%. I'll make it public, but I'll, I'll send it to you first just to make sure. Okay, great. So, all right. It'll be like 20 minutes or 30 minutes or so. I have to make a phone call. So cool. thank you so much. Let's talk later. Message me later. All nice right. Thanks. Peace. Bye. 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 Bye.